Annyeong SAO! Welcome to Afternoon Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists and your K-Romance guides. So grab some deck bokey and listen to your new favorite unnees. Annyeong SAO! Yeah, hey, we're getting better at it. <laughs> so, hi everyone. This is our third podcast of uh, myself, Sarah, and Grace. Um, as we start our little embryonic kind of network baby pod, Afternoona Asks. Right, so for those of you who don't know us, I'll just give a quick intro. So my name's Sarah. I'm a British Chinese K-drama fan and I blog and post at K-drama This on Instagram and Twitter and on my blog, www.kdramathis.com. And I'm joined by Grace, who is Korean America and also a K-drama fan and um, do listen to our first uh, joint podcast uh, for a longer intro into who we are, our K-drama tastes and uh, what we're trying to do with this pod. Um, thank you so much for those of you who have listened to our first episode, which has dropped um, and reached out and told us that you really enjoyed it and you sent us supportive messages on behalf of myself and Grace. We're really grateful that you took the time uh, to message, but also that you guys are, uh, seem to be enjoying the pod and um, are yeah, curious to learn more. So actually on that, we we invited obviously. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> And uh, we invited you to send us lots of uh, lots of questions if you had them, and lots of you did, um, which is great. Uh, so first of all, just before we begin the rest of the pod, I just want to make a correction to something I said in the first pod when we were talking about how to pronounce Dong Fang Qingchang's name from Love Between Fairy and Devil. And I had said that Tang is a second tone and meant hide and actually it's Tang so it's first tone not second tone uh, and it actually means um, sky so together his name is green sky so east region green sky which actually is more poetic ah. than to hide but um, <laughs> so I wanted to say yes. thank Thank it's pretty. It is more pretty, yeah. So thank you to Pauline who wrote in uh, and uh, corrected me uh, on that. And, and sorry, guys, for being lazy and not looking up the precise Chinese character when I um, when I was talking about his name. Thank you. So one of the themes that we picked up from the set of questions um, that we had, and I've got quite a lot of them as well for Grace, is um, about Korean language nuances. So, hey, the other thing that was quite funny was that people were living, listening to the pod, apparently spent then spent the next like 20 minutes practicing <laughs> how to say G channel. <laughs> I love those comments, especially Megan at the DMV. <laughs> yeah. What's what even what is the DMV for us that are not American? Ah, the Department of Motor Vehicles. And there's a different one for each state. Okay. So and what it's was not she like doing a federal there? Like, thing. Okay, not, so you were like I, I can't remember registering uh, a car or something. Then, yeah, no, but you, you go there to, to all right. a car or get uh, renew your license, maybe um, things okay. like that. Right. So for those of you who don't follow the Instagram of Afternoon a Delight, Megan basically posted that she was at the DMV listening to our podcast. And getting weird looks because she kept laughing and practicing how to say G channel under her breath. <laughs> so, 
So thank you, Megan. Uh, thanks for listening to us while you're at the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, yeah, so what we did was that, like I said, we asked uh, various uh, people to email the pod uh which you did um to ask questions and we also threw out a more general thread in the patreon to ask um questions for this pod um so what we're going to do is run through some of those questions as well as questions i've got as well as things that grace and i thought might be interesting to talk about so i thought the first topic that we should um speak about was about kind of naming conventions right and what we how we use um, terms to address people. Because I think for me, that's one of the key differences between Western and East Asian culture. And like pretty much everything, and it's like a running theme through our podcast, everything goes <laughs> back to that old man called Confucius. So uh, <laughs> Confucian respect. So basically, at you know, I'm going to just boil it down. We will do a proper pod on Confucius at some later date. But for now, we'll just keep it relatively simple and just say, you basically can't call someone from an older generation their given name. It's completely not respectful. So in a family context, us Asian families will have lots of aunties and uncles and grannies and granddads that we're not actually technically blood related to, but they are people of an older generation. So either the same generation as our parents or older than our parents, and you have to address them accordingly. Um, they're also people that are in our lives and gives us lots of unasked for advice, but um, that's <laughs> that's also for another pod. Um, they can call you by your given name because they are older than than you, uh, so they don't need to show you that that level of respect. And you also, uh, uh, as soon as you meet them, you're supposed to address them in that way. That is also a mark of respect. You can't just go, "Hey," um, you know. You actually have to use their <laughs> you have to use their name and say hello to them properly so and obviously as we discussed in our first episode in different uh, environments like in a workplace or at university or in a classroom or whatever you you would have them you would often call people by their relationship to you but if they hold a position of uh, greater uh, rank than you even regardless of their age so for example if you are a pupil learning from a teacher even if that teacher is younger than you you will address them uh, respectfully because they are your teacher and you are the pupil mm -hmm. so I was actually thinking about this Grace I, I like um because obviously we're 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 Asians navigating the, this kind of like uh, Western Asian um <laughs> kind of cultural divide right. all the time and um for me one of the biggest examples was so when I got married and I'm I'm married to a white British uh man who I think I've I've said that before um so obviously my my mother-in-law is white British and uh, in the culture in the UK is now a lot more um, casual. And so um, she she was very happy for me to call her by her given name. But um, I didn't do it. Right. So I was like, this, <laughs> right. this is this is the woman that's going to be my mother in law. Um, I can't just call her. And like, that's just, it just like, I just felt really, really like I was being really disrespectful. And so I actually said to her, is it okay if I actually call you? Lai Lai, which is what Cantonese people use to call their, like it's a slightly less formal um, word to, to address your mother-in-law. Um, and luckily she was, in fact, not only was she fine with it, she actually thought it was quite cool and distinct. Um, so she actually likes being called um, Lai Lai. And actually it's in her Instagram handle now. She's like so <laughs> proud of it. 
<laughs> that's so cute <laughs> it's really cute um but yeah mother-in-laws as in case you don't know are really important in asian culture for the woman that's marrying into a male family so mm-hmm. as a wife you marry into the male family and in chinese your own family becomes uh in china in cantonese your ngoi ga which literally means ngoi is outside and ga means family so it's your outside family um and and your own family becomes your 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 husband's family. So she is my you know she's that she's the 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 you know the the head of my the matriarchal head of my new family. So I couldn't give her I couldn't call her by her first name. And then also I've um, I think I've mentioned that I had a, a professor um, from Korea, but I also have them from China in my professional life. And again, in the work life, they use first names. So I actually work for my own boss himself is a professor, but he's also knighted in the British system. So he's actually a professor, mm. sir. Um, but he he doesn't. Yeah, he, he doesn't like to. Use, in fact, because I'm a Brit, basically the only time I ever call him Professor Sir is when I'm taking the piss out of him. Um, because that's, <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we do in Britain. Anyway, so. Um, so we call him generally I call him by his first name and then the people that we work with we all call each other by first names but these these East Asian professors when they come I have a real problem with calling them by their first name but then at the same time I don't want to create a divide because actually I think they quite like that they participate in our sessions and I call their given names because they feel like they're part of the network proper group Mm -hmm. that we're building um so yeah it's it's one of those I just thought it was interesting when we were discussing this topic um, that it can be quite difficult. Um, sorry, uh, and we will get to on to all the Korean. I'm just like gabbling on about like Cantonese and Chinese, <laughs> but I think there are kind of similar, aren't they, Grace? Absolutely. We're gonna, yes. We're going to touch on some of the things that are similar with your size. So I know in Cantonese, for example, um, we also have different names depending on if they are older or younger than your mum and dad. And if they're related to your mum or dad's side, it's super right. confusing. So, for example, I have a younger brother. He has my he has kids and they call my mum Mama and they call my dad. Yeah. Yeah. As they're their paternal grandparents. But my kids call my mum and my dad as they are my kids maternal parents. Also, my kids call me Guma, which is your paternal aunt that is older than your dad. But if he was my older brother, um, then they would call me Gude because I'm the paternal aunt that's younger than that. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, so, so, it's really complicated. Um, and, and, and it also means that, and also Guma is just like really, really proper Ajuma sounding. I was so dismayed when I realised that that's what they were going to call me um, because Gude sounds like so much like cooler and hipper as an auntie. Um, anyway, the whole thing can get super, super complicated. So um, luckily for me uh, and other family members that are relatively more relaxed, as soon as they get more distantly related, we just tend to switch to the English and just call them auntie and uncle because mm. um, it's so hard working out who's who's who. And also it's, it's sometimes not age based. Like auntie and uncle can just be just a mark of respect. Like I actually have technically got cousins that generationally are the same generational line as me so technically I don't need to call them aunties and uncles but they're like my mum's age so then I feel really weird not calling them auntie and uncle so that's like another way <laughs> totally. to do it. Yeah. yeah so do you guys have something similar 
Yeah, yes, we do. Um, we have, you know, all of those very specific names for relatives, depending on which side of the family and how they're related and whether they're older than our parents or younger also. And and hearing you say Goma um, made me think like, oh, that sounds really uh, close to the maternal um, aunt, uh, I mean, sorry, the paternal aunt uh, uh, word for Korean is Komo. Oh. Um, so <laughs> yeah, uh, it does sound a little similar to me anyway, but, um, so my family is not strict about it. <laughs> um, and I think it's probably because the family members of my generation, um, me, my sister and my cousins, um, we haven't been really great about learning and using Korean properly. <laughs> so I think the older generation has just accepted our ignorance. <laughs> um, so um, my my kids will call my sister Emo, which is the proper Korean um, title or name for a maternal aunt. Um, but they just call all of my cousins, so the same generation as me, uh, cousin in uh, the American fashion. Um, although maybe they should call them like aunt and uncle <laughs> in the same way that you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, we're not very consistent because we also use auntie and uncle for like our close friends, for our close friends whose kids are friends with our kids. You know, so we say, hey, you know, Auntie Melissa for yes. the mother yeah. of the the child who's friends with, you know, yes. our friends, I mean, yeah. our kids. Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's kind of a mess. Um, uh, but yeah, um, when I was looking through the script earlier, I um, kind of had an epiphany about the maternal and paternal family stuff. Um, because, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's pretty similar in Korean society um, that the woman marries into the man's family. And technically, you're supposed to call your dad's side grandparents uh, harmony and haraboji, and your mom's side grandparents we harmony and we haraboji, which I didn't know as a child because um, growing up, I just called all of my grandparents harmony and haraboji, no matter what um, side. Um, this part about the way um, I learned from watching Korean dramas. Um, actually, uh, there's a family drama called Five Enough, where like there's some drama between the two sets of grandparents. Like, oh, why are they calling so and so that when they should be calling them that? And I'm, I was like, whoa, there's a difference. Uh, <laughs> um, but I did know, I did know uh, growing up that my mom's side grandparents were called Wei Harmony and Wei Haraboji, and my dad's side were called. Chin harmony and chin haraboji, because if someone was confused about which harmony or which haraboji we were referring to, we needed to be able to specify. But I never um, really thought about it beyond that. Um, and the reason for that is because there's, well, it's 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 based on um, Chinese characters, those uh, wei and the chin. Um, and I never learned yeah. any Chinese characters. Koreans call Chinese characters hanja. And I never learned any of that, mm. um, but yeah, because chin chin to me sounds like the Mandarin for chin chin chin, as in close mm -hmm. to me. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, that that I actually I'm about to get to that because um, I kept hearing the like like words with that kind of prefix in Korean dramas as I got older. 
And so then I got this sense that there, you know, there's this dis distinction between Qin and Wei to like kind of create this distance um, between uh, like a woman who's married into a, a family and her own family, as well as like her children yes. and her own family. Um, for example, like I could see in here the Qin for paternal family, uh, Qinga. Uh, is the same uh, chin that's in the word chingu. You know, have you heard the yes. word chingu like in business proposal where, um, oh, <laughs> I forget her name. Yes, yeah, the cousin of the second lead. She's like, you know, I have no chingu. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, um, so that chin is the same. And then the way for maternal family I kept hearing in like words like in mm. for alien, uh, like from, you know, my love from another star, in yes. is the same way sound. Yes. And then in which is the word for foreigner. So then when you said that a woman's own family becomes the outside family, it like all clicked into place. Yeah. And like, oh, that's so messed up. It's like your your own family becomes like alien. You know? Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, and and it, it seems like the Chinese character for Wei, uh, Wei Ga, is, is the same as the one that you wrote up above, like you yes. wrote up above in the script. It's yes. the same one. So. Yeah, it's the same, and it's yeah, the same it's all... for it's all coming together because because handily Grace has also put the hand out into the script, so I can actually read it as well because I can't read Hangul, but I can read Korean uh, Chinese characters. So yeah, the the hang the hand that you've written for Alien, um, which is Moi Gaiyan, is uh, also right and the same as an Alien, and then also Moi uh, Gaiyan, which is foreigner, uh, Wagoran. So it's uh, yeah, also it's like similar as well. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you for making, like, helping make those connections. My brain is like, woo! <laughs> Fireworks. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. I'm glad. But yes, it's all back down to Confucius. He is the reason why. <laughs> he is the reason. <laughs> he is the reason. We'll later. <laughs> he is the reason. Right, cool. So we had, I'm going to go on to some of the other questions that we've got. So we've got some really interesting questions. So shout out to our fellow patron, Claudia. Uh, who I just met. So I had um, just a tangent. Um, I recently went on a business trip to Washington, D.C., and um, uh, I don't know anyone in Washington, D.C. So there was one evening before uh, I that I had free um, because a work dinner that we were going to have got moved. Anyway, I put a shout out on our Patreon and said, is anybody around in DC and fancies meeting up with me um, to, 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 to show me like a restaurant in DC that's good to go to and talk K-dramas. And I was so lucky because um, four other people were free that evening and made the time to come to DC. So I want to thank you guys for your company. Um, I had the best night, like just, just one whole night. I mean, I think you, because you guys, you've had like mini, like army meets, right? But I have not met people I could just speak to about K-dramas for like entire evening at all. Like, I just don't have people in my real life who who want to talk obsessively to that depth about K-dramas like yeah. the entire night. So I, I had such a good, I had such a good evening. That's anyway, awesome. so shout out to you guys. And so Claudia asked um, a question for Grace. How to interpret Opa? I've seen it defined as brothers, 
but it's clearly also different from Oraboni. Does it really mean boyfriend, which often is the implication in K-dramas, or what other Korean words are poorly or differently translated in dramas? Um, so Opa is um, not just defined as a biological older brother, but also is someone who a girl or a woman feels close to and who is older than that girl or woman. So an opa can be an older brother from another mother for a girl or a woman. Um, and if you're a boy or a man, the corresponding word would be hyung. Um, there was a pretty robust discussion about the meaning of hyung after Squid Game came out because the Sangu character builds a relationship of trust with the Ali character early on by telling Ali to call him hyung. Um, and this is a little spoiler alert. Um, because afterwards he turns around and um, kind of does Ollie dirty later in the series. Um, uh, Netflix had translated Hyung into Sangu for non-Korean audiences, so just his given name. Um, so if you didn't recognize that term, you lost a big chunk of this nuance. Uh, because when Sangu invited Ali to call him Hyung, he was telling Ali that he thought of Ali as a close friend and even like a younger brother from another mother. Um, that Sangu was um, someone who would look out for Ali and protect him. That's, that's what he was communicating. So again, the spoiler alert again, for those of you who haven't watched Squid Game, the knife in the back later was a much more devastating much more devastating betrayal if you understood those nuances of the word young. Um, and then, oh, yeah, so one of our patrons, um, Kate also pointed uh, out this Netflix practice of um, uh, translating, you know, Anni, Opa, Hyung, and Nuna into the characters given names instead of using those Korean words. And I think the reason that they do that is that they are trying to convey the level of closeness and casualness from a Western point of view, where we would, because, you know, in the West, we would call our friends, our close friends by their given names. We wouldn't call them Miss something or Ms. something or Mr. or, you know, other kind of forms of address. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so the, the other part about um, whether um, Opa is a word that can be used to address a boyfriend or husband, the answer is yes. Um, that is not usually a mistranslation. Um, since Opa can be used by a woman with an older man that she's close, uh, she has a close and trusting relationship with, that naturally extends to romantic relationships. So you'll see women calling their boyfriends and husbands Opa sometimes. Um, and Koreans are also totally fully aware that this broad usage of opa is confusing. So in a drama, you may see a situation unfold where there's a misunderstanding in one direction or the other, where a close older guy is assumed to be a biological brother, as, um, as well as you know other ones where a biological older brother is assumed to be in a romantic relationship with uh, the girl or the woman. Um, case in point, in Go Back Couple, the, the secondary couple has a big misunderstanding when the guy in the couple sees that the girl has several opas saved on her cell phone. And he's oh, like, oh, yeah, I remember this. 
Oh my goodness. How many opens does she have? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but it turns out that they were all her biological opens. <laughs> so, her actual, um, actual opens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, um, anyway, uh, to clear things up, the question is sometimes asked whether this older guy is a chin opa or not. And there's that um, new vocabulary again. Chin means biological um, brother. Uh, and as far as I know, oraboni is only used to refer to a biological older brother. But it's like an old word. So you'll pretty mm. much only see it used in saguk um, or historical dramas or when like mm. very elderly women refer to their older brothers. Or in Goblin, when Yuina's uh, character finally remembers who Gongyu the Goblin was, she said, <laughs> didn't she? That's she true. But uh, mm -hmm. I think she was addressing him as her realized ancient self <laughs> yes right so yes that's what I meant. but in a but in a modern in a modern setting so that was <laughs> right, like right. i recognize yes, you. Yeah, yes yeah. yes but you know that that communicated that she remembered that he had been her brother long ago during a yeah. period when that word would have been used <laughs> yeah um, so it was it was good it was good context setting yeah in yeah. one word in one word <laughs> exactly yeah. Um, so, and then is the use of Nuna and Uni similar? Yes. Um, so Nuna is the word for an older sister to a boy or a man or an older girl or woman with whom that boy or man has a close relationship. And Uni is an older sister to a girl or a woman or an older sister from another sister, I mean, sorry, an older <laughs> sister from another mister. <laughs> For like unrelated <laughs> women or girls. Yeah. yeah. So so technically we shouldn't really be calling them Nunas Nunas because we're women. We should yeah. actually be calling them. Actually, well, I think I'm well, I'm definitely older than Megan and Leah, so I shouldn't even be calling them <laughs> either. Yes, but I I always thought of it as they are Nunas to all of the unfortunately way younger, wonderful male actors. <laughs> <laughs> they are, you know, our leading men. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's, they're they're Jang they're Oks Nunas. No, VJ Oks Nunas. Yep, that's right. <laughs> so um, then, so my other question, my, so my next that led me on to thinking, like, so for the for people that are using your given name, are they people that are? Are people that are born the same year as you allowed to use your given name? Is that how it works or is there a different rule? Um, so you can use someone's given name if they are around the same age or younger than you. If there's no other title that better fits the context, but you can't call a person by only their given name unless you are on such close terms that you would use informal uh, language with low politeness level. Um, that's it's called panmar. Um, so, using my example from our intro episode, I can call Sarah by her given name, but I would probably need to add she, Sarah she, because 
we're not like bosom buddies yet. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, We've not actually met in real life. <laughs> we um, and that's because we are around the same age. Um, yeah, but but I wouldn't use Padmar to her quite yet. You know, in like if we were in a like relation, like some kind of relationship in Korea, that we wouldn't have reached the point where I could use Padmar mm, to her. Got it. Well, I mean, because like there's that thing, right? So crash landing on you. Um, she uses Lee Jong Wook's she all the way through the drama uh-huh. right into like the totally into the later episodes and so for you as a Korean speaker does that sound like because obviously like I mean they didn't translate it in Netflix this way but I thought if they did and just made it Mr <laughs> for the whole drama that would just sound really like you know this is the yeah. love of your life and you're still calling him this name like to you as a as a Korean is that what did that sound like totally natural to you and um, well, it doesn't sound unnatural because it all kind of depends on the couple um, and like the level of formality that they find comfortable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like um, our patron Lorna asked if we could explain the formal versus informal language um, and how viewers differentiate. Um, and then how couples really keep up, like, the formal language, you know, how long they do it for. Um, yeah. And it's actually a question that I can um, answer by also answering one of Leah's questions, which is what the uses and nuances are of the different ways people say I love you in Korean. Um, mm. And so it, it largely has to do with a feature of Korean language called speech levels. And unfortunately, it's pretty complicated. And you probably won't get the same answer if you ask two different native speakers. But sort of in a nutshell, um, this is kind of my understanding, um, which like uh, one of the users on (laughs) highnative.com helped me out with. So there's like informal, I mean, sorry, formal versus informal. And then there's mm. different levels of politeness. So there's higher lo- levels of politeness and lower uh, levels of pr- politeness. And then the formality is also higher levels of formality and lower levels in- of informality because it's not just two. It's not a, uh, yeah. There's lots of different levels. There's lots right, of okay. different ones. And there's, there's also like specific vocabulary that you use when you're addressing someone who is like uh, an elder um, someone who you you need to use honorifics for, but mm. when you when you take like I love you, um, 사랑해 is um, low formality and low politeness. So you would use it with a same age friend, someone younger than you, your children, um, your lover, or you know boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, wife or husband, or spouse, lover or spouse. Sorry, that's gender neutral. Um, 사랑한다 is um, uh, a higher level of formality than 사랑해, but it's a low politeness level, same low politeness level as 사랑해. Um, 사랑해요 is a low level of formality, but it's a higher level of politeness because you hear the yo at the end. 
Yes. And 사랑합니다 is a higher level of formality and a higher level of politeness. Um, so that those are the kind of like the two things that you have to control for. Um, and that doesn't necessarily capture the nuances of why certain language might be chosen because um, language choice is kind of more a matter of like an individual's decisions about their word choices. Um, yeah. yeah, cause like um, the reason this came up with Leah is that uh, apparently Suga says 사랑한다 instead of 사랑해 or 사랑해요 um, to, uh. to, to like army when he's addressing army, he says 사랑한다 or, or to other people too, um, his fellow members. Um, and according to my mom, 사랑한다 is more determined than 사랑해. Right. And then another user on the High Native site um, said that 사랑한다 is more declarative and solemn a way of saying I love you. Um, so, uh. yeah, sometimes, you know, it's it's like a matter of intention, I guess. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, and then like w within a couple, like the the level of formality might have to do with the tone of a, an occasion, um, like where right. they are, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. what's happening at that time, um, or it could have to do with like the era that they uh, grew up in. So older couples might be more formal to each other yeah. than younger couples. Mm. Um, or it could be used to be sarcastic <laughs> or, <laughs> or um, as Lisa, one of the members of our um, army chat um, pointed out, it could be used to be like erotic, like, it, it, yeah. like a, you know, like a, um, it's a role play type thing, you know? Ah, yeah. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so it all kind of depends on context. Um, yes. like the, the person's identity as well as like the situation and the setting and stuff like that. Um, right. So the other thing is you'll, you'll notice a totally different level of formality for, for historicals. Like in mm. Saguk uh, dramas, they don't say 사랑해요. They say 연모합니다. Or yeah, something like I that. that. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they like say that in, and it means um, to have affection for or to love or long for someone of the opposite sex. Um, yeah. So, cause, yeah, go cause ahead. Again, the young mo sounds to me a little bit like young mo in Cantonese. Oh. Um, so we're probably going to go and find it's the same hanja slash Chinese characters right, again. Right. But yeah, it, uh, to yo more is to, to admire someone, to respect and to adore them. So it's it's not just love. It's like actually it conveys a little bit more like adoration. Expect. And oh. um, so I've recently finished Our Blooming Youth, uh, which was a Seiguk starring Pak uh, Hong-sik and um, it was him as a crown prince. And I remember him saying this, and obviously the translation was, I love you. And I, you know, recognized that it wasn't Sarangi. Um, but yeah, it did make me think, oh, is it like, is that another one of those words that's like, or based off of the Chinese characters? Yeah, yeah, um, I bet yeah. it is. I bet you're right. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, um, and I don't know a whole lot about the level of formality um, of the language used in Saguk's, but it was familiar to me before I started watching um, Saguk's because it's a similar level of formality as you hear in church. Um, and then when I looked it up, uh, I found that that's like, it's a, you know, an archaic, um, use of language usage, but yeah. currently people still use it like in modern times when they are ref like talking to a de deity. So like, oh, okay. like if you go into a church and they're praying and they're speaking yeah. to God, then you will yeah. hear some of this language, even in the modern day. Um, uh, yeah, it's much more complicated. I don't know much, much about it, except like, um, a couple of the, the phrases that, um, are common, like, uh, or like, uh, <laughs> like, I know <laughs> that they both have this op, like, or um, so that yeah. that's a, that's a, a a sound you can listen for to to see yeah. like how they're they're using this formal language. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. There was there's one scene in. Have you seen Moon Lovers? Have you? I seen haven't. Moon? I haven't because oh, you I haven't. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't like well, found so the streaming service that the, I can the use. The way to yeah. see it. Yeah. Well, um, so the TLDR is Leah loves it. It's one of her favorite dramas, and I. <laughs> didn't like it that much uh, and it's not one of my favorite dramas but um one of the one of the things is like it's a time travel drama and so one of my criticisms of it is that um it's a time travel drama that doesn't work very well so uh like uh, the heroine um is kind of supposedly time traveling all the way back to the Goryeo period but she doesn't really seem to need to adjust much but anyway the one time when she actually kind of it's quite funny and it is it, the modern thing is used as a, as a um as a joke is when she suddenly um is told to be really respectful uh towards the crown princesses uh, as princesses and, and kind of beg for her life and she just gets down and it like kind of reenacts this it's like kind of single <laughs> kind of scene and just goes and uses this phrase the one that you just said like manga let me that and she just like she's obviously just taken the phrase because she's never heard it she's just heard it in Seiguks and she's just using it in the Goryeo period and that oh, was quite that's funny. so funny um that's really funny also because um when I was when I was like looking up some stuff about the like Saguk language I like stumbled upon this this um article where they were like you know they didn't actually have all the ministers line up and in unison say Tong chok hayo juicy or whatever <laughs> Like, like, how would they even coordinate that so that they could do it all together? Like, this is yeah, yeah, like yeah. this is an artifact of like Korean dramas and cinema. Uh, like, of the past few decades, they decided that they're gonna do it like this. Apparently, because yeah. it's more like dramatic, you know. Dramatic, yeah. It's a better scene than like a minister like being like, oh, you know, just like individually approaching the king. <laughs> You know, it's like it's much more dramatic to have them all in unison, you know, say the, say the <laughs> phrases. Uh, it yeah. is true. That is more dramatic. Oh, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. OK, well, hopefully um, that all made sense. And I didn't make that it was. Yeah, that was really interesting. <laughs> I mean, God, it just makes anyone out there who's learning Korean like kudos to you. Um, but <laughs> 
all of these different levels. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Come, come and learn Chinese. We don't have that many levels. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting because I was uh, curious about that. Since, you know, everything is like based in Confucianism and stuff like that. I was like, oh, I wonder if Chinese has all of this stuff too. <laughs> I think, I think probably like when we, we still have different levels of formality for language and things like that, but I don't think there's so many different because you have the levels of formality plus the levels of politeness. And then you could choose different form, like it's a mix and match thing, right? Right. Whereas I think it's a bit more set in Chinese. Ah. Like you might just be, if you're in a formal setting, you just might use some more formal language. If you're a more informal language, you know, you wouldn't necessarily uh, pick right. one set and integer yes. the others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mix then, and match is very confusing. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously, because of communism, everybody became like like just a, uh, everyone's a comrade. The, the language got flattened, you know, as part of communist ideology. So that I also see. helped to kind of change, sense. change Chinese language. Yeah. Yeah. And then in Cantonese, we're just we're well known for being quite um, rude anyway. So like our language is is generally quite coarse and quite casual. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, sorry, and I'm saying that as a Cantonese, you know, don't come at me. I'm saying that I'm embracing my Cantonese. I'm saying that we are well known. We are well known for being quite quite brash. Oh, yeah. So anyway, um, like the the last bit about um, how to recognize like what levels of formality and politeness the characters are using um, in modern dramas, pretty much you're just listening for the yo. Um, and sometimes you will hear the, the characters kind of playing with that, like either with if they're messing with someone or trying to throw someone off balance or like just being playful. Sometimes they will start off saying panmal and then like wait a couple beats and go yo. Um, and the way that I've seen that translated is that like in the English, they'll just add sir, which is really weird because it's, it's not oh, sir right, yeah. or ma'am. Yeah. It's just like, it's how you indicate that belatedly you're throwing in some politeness and formality. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so you'll, you, I mean, I've seen this happen in um, multiple dramas. So you, you might notice it at some point. Yeah, I think I have often when it's like, I don't know, it's like the plucky heroine who's like really kind of like got attitude and stuff. And then it's <laughs> in some some kind of environment where she's got to be like a bit more formal and kind of keeps forgetting to be formal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or like like the the hero is like her boss or something. And he keeps like saying, like, you know, I am I am your boss. Let's draw the line. <laughs> right. And she's like, sure, sure thing. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> right. So um, so I had another question as well. So romanization, um, there seems to be different ways to write the same sound in English. Like, you know, like on my drama list, there's always like these different ways of writing everybody's names or writing the different titles. Mm -hmm. So um, is there not a standardized way of romanizing Korean um, sounds? Because in Mandarin, we've got uh, which I think I mentioned before, but Pinyin, which came with uh, the Chinese communists, and they standardized all of the Chinese sounds, and oh, mm. they're not that many, but they standardized all of them so that they all have exactly the same spellings. Ah, okay, yeah. Um, uh, so, so there, there is actually a standardized way of romanizing Korean. Um, 
It's called the revised romanization of Korean. Um, the problem is that it was only released um, to you know, the South Korean public in 2000. And before right. that, there was another system that was in place uh, that was published in 1939 when Korea was still under Japanese occupation. And that's called uh, the McCune Reichauer system. Right. Um, yeah. And then also Koreans have been emigrating to countries with Latin alphabets since before any recognized romanization existed. And even after there was, um, you know, any kind of standardized romanization, there wasn't exactly a lot of rigor applied by individual like immigration agents or like individual uh, Korean immigrants who are like opening shops or something like that. Um, yeah. And then on top of that, um, North Korea still uses uh, a romanization based on the McCune Reichauer system. Uh, yeah. Um, so while you know the South Korean government uh, controlled things like names of places, streets, etc., and a lot of larger companies and institutions have um, adopted the official revised romanization. Um, individuals all over Korea and the world may not have. And then also businesses that have brand recognition predating the change may not have changed the spelling of their names. Like Hyundai, for example, is not spelled correctly under the revised romanization. And Samsung uh -huh. is not either. Um, if, if anyone knows Kyocheon Chicken, that's also uh, the older romanization. Um, and then <laughs> because um, it's really hard to romanize certain sounds, even those of us who know the official romanization rules might choose not yeah. to use them for whatever reason. For example, mm -hmm. when I spelled out my kids' Korean middle names for their birth certificates, I relied on my own sense of what an English speaker looking at the romanization would probably say instead of relying solely on the revised romanization. So that's um, why it's so confusing because yeah. people are not like necessarily super on board. We don't have like an authoritarian government telling us you have to spell it this way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, no, that makes sense, yeah. So, so everyone's gonna kind of take liberties um, with that. Yeah. 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 Actually, I mean, having said that, we have opinions because opinions, obviously, for Chinese, uh, uh, the People's Republic of China, um, but Taiwan um, uses uh, an older Romanization uh, oh. system as well, um, and theirs is theirs is Wei Giles, so it's all always obviously uh, probably white men giving their names. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> giving their names to romanization <laughs> systems. But yeah, uh, like in Taiwan, the, 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 their names will be uh, romanized in a different way, using, generally using Wei Giles. And then in, in Cantonese, it's, it's again romanized in a completely different way. So I had the same thing because my, my children have, so I gave them Chinese first names because they've taken my husband's surname as their mm. English name. So I wanted them to have names that reflected um, their, you know, their actual cult, full cultural makeup. Um, nice. And again, when I came to choosing their names, I had an eye to like, what, what way can I romanize their names? That means they're not going to get teased. That it means <laughs> the, you know, they're not going to turn into some silly name, silly word, and um, but still be approximately what their name is in Cantonese. Right. So um, yeah, so yeah. 
I've actually been a little bit too successful because my little my little girl says it in the English way rather than in the Cantonese way. So I keep having to kind of like say like your name is actually said this way, you know, rather than anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but at least she doesn't have to have that conversation with all of the kids who are mispronouncing her name. I mean, a- yeah. as much like yeah, because yeah. I feel bad yeah, for true. kids like that. Um, Anyway, <laughs> yes, because at some point you yeah. give up, you give up, like, you know, trying to correct people and you just kind of, and that's you sad too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's true. Well, even my surname, so I'll say my surname is Chung, um, because that's just the accepted way that you say my surname. Right. But actually in Cantonese it's Chung, which sounds kind of like nothing like Chung. Um, uh, but for uh. ease, all of us just use that, right? We're just like, this is the way right. you say it. Like, you know, right. like, so the one of the most famous Chinese actors that, that uh, sadly died, uh, that I mentioned in the first episode, because he's often referred to in Korean dramas, but Leslie Chung, his his name is Jung, Jung Gotwin. Um, but he, again, he would, you know, we would all just use that as, as, as the way you pronounce our surname. It's one mm. of the most... Um, numerous surnames in this is one of the top 10 surnames in China ah I see I see yeah yeah that makes sense right so moving on then so there was another uh question this time again from the patron from Kate um people seem to say names differently is it according to closeness so for example uh Dongbek in Camellia Yongshik seems to be saying Dongbeshi rather than Dongbeki which everyone else says yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, uh, people do say names uh, a little differently according to closeness um, and according to, you know, a mutual basically agreement or at least an understanding to speak in Panma. Um, so this is one I actually had to do some research, some more research on, because I always thought that like E and uh, ah and ya yeah and stuff were ways of um, making uh, a, a person's name kind of more endearing, like almost mm. like making a nickname. Like, like I thought it was like saying Gracie instead of Grace, mm. but actually they are parts of speech that you can use in certain situations. So saying a name plus ah or ya yeah is done to get someone's attention to call out to them, to address them. So you uh, would say, you know, if you were talking to them and you are on terms where you speak Panmar to each other. Right. And you would say, if you were talking about that person, like in the third, uh, in the third person, um, right. to like maybe to someone else. Although often, you know, like with children, Sometimes you you would use it when you're talking to them, but you're saying their name to them. So Tongbeki would be like, oh, Tongbeki는 뭘 먹고 싶어? Like, so what 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 does Tongbeki want to eat? Yeah, uh, you might say it like that, and that's the situation in which it sounds like you're making a a nickname with the e. But actually, you're addressing that person in the third person, even though you're like talking to them. Ah, uh, okay. So, um, so actually, while we're on names, are there some names that you can tell a female, and or ones that you can tell a male? 
Um, yes, uh, there are some names that are, are uh, more clearly male and, and some names that are more clearly female, but, um, you know, they don't have to be. It's not like a rule. And sometimes, just like in English, people will name uh, a girl a boy's name, like on mm -hmm. purpose to, yes. you know, like for it to be striking or whatever. Um, yeah. and vice versa. And there's also names that are clearly like in between. They're like ACDC names. So right. like, um, for example, when my mom picked my son's Korean name, uh, the second syllable uh, she chose was Chun. And she told me that Chun means handsome. Yeah. So like Park So Chun's name ends in Chun. And that is a masculine name because it's handsome specifically not like attractive but handsome um but like for example kang hanul has a neutral name uh hanul means sky and almost two-thirds of the hanuls born in the last 15 years ha have been you know assigned female at birth babies yeah um and my name unhe is feminine because it means grace which is, you yes. know, often a trait associated with women. Um, so yeah, there's, it depends on what each syllable means. Um, but like, then again, people just break the rules all the time too. So <laughs> <laughs> like, just, just for fun, you know, why not? Hey, do you know, coincidentally, it's actually only just occurred to me that um, the Chinese character that my mum picked for the second half of my Chinese name is Yi, which is Grace. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah. But then like around about in my 20s, she decided to change it. Uh, and she actually said, like, I picked it so that, you know, you could be graceful, but it didn't work. <laughs> classic, classic Asian mom, like Smackdown. Right. She's like, it didn't work. So I'm changing your character to a different character that's going to be more lucky for you. So she changed it into like a completely different character. That's oh, so she's funny. So oh my goodness. Wait, so so was your Chinese name not Romanized and put into your legal oh, name? Oh, it was. Yeah, so um, it's a homonym. <laughs> so um, it's said exactly the same way in exactly the same tone. It's just a different written character. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Ah, yeah. So it's still uh, so. The, so my Chinese name is Ga Yi. So the Yi is still the same. Said said still said Yi. Uh -huh. um, not that obviously Romanized cares about the tone, so it could be a totally different, <laughs> you know. Yi, but yeah, it's actually the same tone, same same sound. It's just a different, a different luckier character because apparently the grace didn't work on me. <laughs> It didn't work on me either. And my name is Grace like multiple times <laughs> because, because my English name is Grace. My Korean name is Grace. And then apparently if you break my Korean name into the two like Hancha, like Hancha, you know, characters, characters each yeah. one apparently is also Means kind of Grace. great. Like triple Grace. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Um, so the um, learn Korean section, especially learning how to say our favorite uh, actors or actresses names uh -huh. correctly was quite a popular part of our podcast, our first podcast. So I just wanted you to repeat for the benefit of those of us who are still learning Korean, how to say Park so Soo Jun's 
name correctly and obviously Leah's uh, favourite old part, Kang Hanul's name correctly. <laughs> and I've said them deliberately like in an English westernised way. <laughs> um, so it's Pak So Chun. Pak So Chun. Pak. So you'd actually take out the R from the park. So it's not yes, park. There is no park R. Car. There is no, There's no R, R and it's like a sound between a B and a P. So I've seen oh. it romanized as B-A-K before. Same name. Oh. Same name Pak. romanized as B-A-K. Pak. Pak. Ha. It's like, um, it's like kind of like S apostrophe H-U-H. Ha. Because you, so. it's that aspirated thing. Ha. So. Pak. So. So. Jun. So. Jun. Yeah, we've all been totally saying that wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, this was this was one of the first things that I like emailed the Nunos about. I was like, it's not Sayo. (laughs) It's not Sayo. It's it's more like S U H. But yeah. And then Kang uh Kang Ha Nul. Kang Ha Nul. Uh, that vowel sound, like, uh, um, somebody's asked me about it before and, or somebody's asked somewhere before and then I volunteered myself. <laughs> to explain. But the, the way that you could remember this vowel sound, the EU vowel sound is, you know, that song that goes war, huh, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> so that huh, that huh is that uh sound. Because oh. they don't go huh or who, they go huh. huh. And it's uh. uh, that uh, E-U is uh. Null. Null. Good. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> that, one's, that one's, yeah. Right, great. Thanks for that. Thanks for that, Grace. So we can practice it. So just once again, both the names so we can go away and practice them. Yes. Pak So Jun and Kang Hanul. Pak So Jun, Kang Hanul. Great, thank you. Right, we're gonna we're all gonna go away and practice that, regardless of whether or not we're trying to go and get our vehicle licensed or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so but funny. um, uh, since we were talking about romanization a bit here, um, before we move on to the next part, I kind of wanted to touch on Koreanized English words. Um, yeah, because, um, this is, this is like confusing, I think for a lot of people because they hear the English word, but it's then used in a way that is unfamiliar, like fighting or fighting, or some people even say fighting if, Mm. if they can get their F pronunciations, um, (laughs) like going well, um, you know, so we hear it as English speakers and we're like, okay, they're like fighting. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know, something like that. But in Korean, it really is used uh, like as a way to cheer people up or to mm. um, uh, cheer them on. So it's like, you know, when they, uh, when they translate it as cheer up or let's do it or we can do it, these are all pretty accurate translations of fighting or fighting or fighting because um, mm. they're basically words of encouragement um, words to give strength um, so then we you know use you see it used in a lot of different situations 
And then uh, another example like this is mente. So mente uh, mm. apparently is a shortened form of comment or announcement. Um, oh. And then, so I usually have seen this applied to short, thoughtful remarks or, or speeches. And a lot of like, you know, K-pop idols will give mente in the middle of their concerts at some uh. point. Yeah, um, yeah. so like we might not necessarily like recognize it as like, oh, this is these are some some remarks, right? But that's yeah. that's what meant to means. And it, it comes from English and it actually is sort of related still, but you know, um, there's that. And then the the last one that I thought was um interesting is some. So some, some. yeah, you've heard like some tanunchung or something like that uh, in dramas before, even if you don't remember that, you have heard it. Because right. <laughs> um, so, some is like, it's short for something. And some is used in Korean as to describe like the beginning stages of a romantic relationship or non-relationship where there's okay. like, there hasn't been a conversation about dating yet, but, and like nobody has defined that relationship yet, but something is happening. Something right. is happening. Some, uh, yeah. I think I have, I yeah. have seen that, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, uh, you're flirting, there's excitement, there's chemistry, but there isn't a defined relationship yet. And that's called, some tanenjung in the in the process of doing something <laughs> yeah right so um back to the questions then from the patron um how is the j sound pronounced sometimes it sounds different and what about something like shin s-i-n is that pronounced with a sh like shin or sin mm -hmm. okay so the j sound is pronounced um, like we just did it, chun. Um, but it there's that that aspiration. So you start with a j j j just like the j sound, but um, it's like breathing h o o n after like smushing h o o n in right after j. So it's chun. Like you chun. you there's some breath chun. coming out chun. chun. Uh, okay. Chun. Yeah. Chun. Um, so that's how the J sound is pronounced. And uh, the, uh, oh, shin, shin is pronounced with like an S-H. And um, I had to think about this for a while <laughs> because um, it is true that sometimes that letter, uh, the, the letter that sounds like S is called shiot. And that letter is sometimes pronounced like an S and sometimes it's pronounced like an SH. Um, right. And it's because uh, the consonants uh, in uh, the Korean alphabet are, uh, they, they often sound different based on what vowel is next to them. Um, all of the vowels come in pairs. Uh, and the second vowel in each pair has like a Y, y sound, like a Y or a Y sound added. Um, to the first vowel sound in the pair. So like there's 10 vowels, 10 single vowels in the Korean language. There's lots of like multiples also, which is totally complicated, but the single vowels are ah, ya, a, ya, o, yo, u, 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 e. And for the shiot or the, you know, the, the S sound, 
that your sound makes it sound like a sh instead of like a us. So uh, if I put a shield next to all of those vowels, it would sound like sa sha so sha so sho su shu su shi. So like in each of those pairs, you can see how it sounds like an like uh, an so, S yeah. with when there's no when there isn't that y y y sound, and it sounds like yeah. a sh um, when there when there is. So uh -huh. that's. That's the best I could come up with. <laughs> no, no, that's very helpful. And, and I, I hope those of you, you know, <laughs> who are at that level of their career learning. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think it actually makes sense because um, it's really hard to uh, to smush the S sound next to a Y sound. Like, yeah. -y, -y, so, you can't so, do yeah. very, like, that's two sounds now if you go yeah. So then if you smush them together, it's sh. Yeah. So um, probably a little bit like so the, my, my experience of when I was watching uh, C dramas is that I end up uh, getting sometimes getting a bit distracted by looking at translations of the subtitles rather than just enjoying the drama. So do you find sometimes <laughs> that you you kind of like get lost a bit like you think, oh, the way they translated that was really bad or the way they translated that was really clever. Like uh, are there things that you find that the translators are having to do kind of extra time to try and make work? Uh, make it uh, more understandable for those who are just reading the subtitles? Yeah, um, definitely both ways. Uh, because like, you know, puns and idioms and like turns of phrase, um, I feel like they tend to be pretty hard to translate across any two languages, not just like Korean and English, but like, you know, Spanish and German or whatever, you know? So um, I think this, the in dramas, Korean dramas, sometimes the humor in the original Korean wordplay gets lost. Um, mm. Vicky tends to do a better job of explaining what the phrase is and why it's funny. Um, yeah. But I've also sometimes been pleasantly surprised when Netflix translators have successfully found like a pun or idiom in English that conveys a similar meaning or vibe as the original Korean pun or idiom. Um, yeah, and, and and it doesn't happen a whole lot, but like it, it happens sometimes, and and it's cool to see like, oh yeah, that's that's a similar phrase, that's a similar meaning. Um, and then on the other side, uh, sometimes yeah, I definitely think oh they didn't quite translate that right, um, and something was lost lost in the translation. Um, mm. And then. Um, actually, this this is a really rare thing, but um, a striking recent example of a translation that made me stop short wasn't a mistranslation at all. Like the, they got the meaning right, but yeah. I thought it was a missed opportunity. Because um, right. for for those of the listeners who watched uh, Peak Time, they may remember the judges telling cons contestants that they killed it while ripping a piece of paper. Well, the yeah. literal words that they were saying were torrid. And this is the rare instance in which there is an identical turn of phrase in English. Like saying someone tore it up is very similar in meaning to saying they killed it or knocked it out of the park. And so I kept being disappointed yeah. that the translator didn't say, you tore it up instead of you killed it, yeah. you know? Because they were literally yeah. saying, which is you tore it up. <laughs> so uh, like, oh, what a missed opportunity. 
But yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those things that gets my brain going while I'm watching, which, you know, I think it's pretty fun. Do you do you like it or is it distracting for you? No, no, I really like it, uh, especially with C dramas. Obviously, it's mainly in Mandarin because I don't I don't generally watch Hong Kong dramas anymore. Uh, but if anyone out there is listening and can wreck me a really good one, I'm up for I'm <laughs> up for my own native, my own native Chinese. But yeah, because I'm not a, a native level speaker of Cantonese, like I'm fluent. I mean, sorry, not a native level speaker of Mandarin. Mm. So I'm fluent, but I'm not. But I'm still kind of like learning how to get it better all the time. Mm. So I actually quite enjoy it. Um, but it, it but. Um, but then obviously sometimes it bugs you because your brain is kind of working on stuff that it shouldn't be it should be (laughs) like for example in yeah in love between fairy and devil I kept getting distracted because the translation into the English was correct in terms of its meaning but the English words that they were using especially the vernacular was all really wrong Ah. because I'm like like I'm a real fan of like historical dramas Uh um and I'm quite particular about the kind of language that gets used in historical dramas. Like, you know, there's always a fine line between making it accessible to modern day audiences, but still keeping a feel for the period. So they were like translating, you know, like in the beginning episodes when she was kind of, she kept kind of um, calling um, Dong Fang Ting Tang different names. Um, she would, um, they would translate it as you jerk. Uh-huh. you know or like tell them to like you know scram or something it's like <laughs> like we just wouldn't use those words in a historical context right like there are better yes. there are better words to use yes than, absolutely than, yeah than <laughs> so, yeah so sometimes I yeah sometimes I wish they would just like I would my brain would switch off and stop like simultaneously translating but yeah on the most part on the, on the most part it's fun yeah Right, so that's the end of our podcast. Thank you, Grace, for being our kind of Korean teacher uh, and uh, answering lots of our questions from the Patreon. Thanks to those who submitted questions. Again, if you've got any more questions, we're happy to do future episodes to cover more topics. Please email uh, the Afternoon of Delight podcast on their socials at Afternoon of Delight podcast or on their email, which is Afternoon of Delight podcast at gmail.com. Um, so for a future episode, we'll also cover Chinese language. So let us know if you have any questions about Chinese language, either Cantonese or Mandarin from any of your C drama or Hong Kong drama watching, and we'd be happy to cover them. So until then, we'd like to all say, Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!